We're going to be in the book of Luke chapter number 18, verses number 9. Luke chapter number 18, starting in verses number 9. If you have your Bible or your electronic device, let's lift it above your heads and make our declaration of faith. Somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, again, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Book of Luke chapter number 18, starting at verses number nine, the Bible declares, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Why? Because I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. But 13 declares, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus' response concerning these two in verse number 14, I tell you that this man rather than the other, this, this tax collector, the one that's looked down on, the Bible declares he went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Father, thank you once again for this opportunity. Uh, let your hand rest upon my life. God, I'm talking to folk, I'm talking to people that you love, that you shed your precious blood for, Jesus. And I'm very careful in how I approach this, this beautiful body of people. So I, I sincerely and humbly ask, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, let them be acceptable in your sight, now in Jesus' mighty name. And again, everybody says... Rock with me just for a moment. I want to start out uh, with this foundational uh, understanding of a time period of 400 years uh, that's known as the intertestamental period. This intertestamental period is a time span um, of ministry between Malachi, the Old Testament prophetic writer, and the appearance of John the Baptist in the New Testament. Um, it is known as the 400 years of silence because no new prophets were raised during this period of time and there was, no, there was no new revelation that God gave to the Jewish people, the, the, the people of God. In most of your Bibles between the Old and the New Testament, um, you will see a blank page just like this. And this blank page is symbolic to that 400 years of silence where God said nothing. He didn't send a prophet, a man of God. He wrote no books. He gave no revelation. It was a complete 400 years of silence. Now, let's deal with the elephant in the room. Were there books written during this particular time? Absolutely. They just weren't inspired books. You have um, the book of 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th Maccabees. You have additions to the book of Esther, uh, additions to the book of Daniel. You have Ezra. You have Tobit. 
And, and these are great historical books that give us an understanding of things that went on during this time frame. But the types of books that I'm talking about, uh, Peter writes about it in his book, 2 Peter 1.20, where the scripture declares, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but watch this, holy men of God spake as they were, everybody shout, moved, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So during this 400 years of silence, were there books written? Absolutely. But you had no inspired books. There were no holy men of God being moved by the Spirit of God to pen anything because God wasn't talking. So uh, here is the challenge as a Jew if I'm striving to be faithful. Let's dive a little bit deeper. There are three Jewish distinctions that they held to as a sense of pride, like this is, this is ours. Three things. Number one, the Torah, which is the law. Number two, Terah, their land. Number three, the temple. It was a distinction of pride because this belongs to us. God gave us the temple to worship in. He gave us land, our own land to dwell in, and we also have what he said. So during this 400 years of silence, something happened that shook their foundation. Number one, they were stripped away from their land. We don't have our land anymore. Number two, their temple was destroyed, so they no longer have a physical place to go in, to worship God, to sacrifice. Number three, God ain't talking no more. So if I'm going to be a faithful Jew, what, what should I do? What, what, what should I do? If I, if I still want to be faithful to God and I don't have a temple, I don't have a land, God is not sending a prophet, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to maximize what I have. I do have the first five books of the law, Genesis. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I have, the, I have the first five books of Moses. So this is what we're going to do since God ain't talking, since we don't have land, since we don't have a temple. Let's maximize what we have and focus on the books of the law that we do have. So during this time period of 400 years of silence, prior to what we see in the New Testament, there were three groups that were developed the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Essenes. The Pharisees, watch this, saw the way to God as being through obedience to the law. Therefore, they made a commitment to study the law and demonstrate, everybody shout, practical application. Practical application. Bear, bear, bear with me because this is critical. So, in essence, they took what God said in Deuteronomy, they took what God said in Leviticus, and because since certain things can't apply to our current context, what we will do now is try to interpret them and give them new meaning so that we can live by the Torah. So there were certain rules that was commanded concerning the land. There were certain rules that was commanded concerning the temple. Well, we don't have a temple. We don't have our land. So do we just throw these rules away? No, 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 no. That's not what we're going to do as faithful Pharisees, faithful Jews. We're going to take these rules and we're going to interpret them in a way to give them new meaning as to how to navigate now. So they were considered the progressives of the day, willing to adopt 
new ideas and adapt the law to new situations. They were the developers of the oral, everybody shout oral tradition. This is oral tradition. They were interpretive sayings concerning the law to demonstrate practical application. The problem with the oral law are these oral traditions that the Pharisees came up with. Again, this is the law, this is the Torah, this is the first five books of the law, and everything that the law says doesn't transfer automatically into our current context because we don't have a land, we don't have a temple, so we're going to take what it says and we're going to try our best to apply it to where we are right now. Everybody shout, that's actually good. I mean, it really is. It makes sense to me. It, it really does. Here is the problem with their oral traditions, their oral law, their interpretations. The problem with the oral law is that the Pharisees begin to uphold their oral traditions with the same esteem as the law of God itself. So this is what the law says. This is how we want to apply it to our context. That makes sense to me. But the problem is now their application is given the same weight as the word of God itself. So we see this in the scripture in the book of Mark, chapter number 7, verse number 1, where the Bible declares the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were Ooh, that's good. The foul, that is unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing. And we understand that this ceremonial washing, if you, done, if you didn't do this, you were considered unclean. And unclean people had to sit outside of the community. You couldn't have fellowship if you considered yourself unclean. And they said, if you don't wash your hands, now we understand in our context, now you, you need to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to wash your hands. Look at nasty self. You need to wash your hands. So, so, so we understand that germs and bacteria and all that other kind of stuff, but they took it to a whole nother extreme. It's not just for sanitation purposes. You are considered unclean, unworthy to be in the community of the people if you don't wash your hands. Some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, verse number five, why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? Now, here's a commentary thought. Watch this. Uh, the origin of this ceremonial washing is seen in Exodus chapter 30, 17 through 21, where the priests wash their hands and feet prior to performing their sacred duties in the temple. However, or tradition... These interpretive laws extended this law to all Jews to be performed before formal prayers and then before eating. Thus, before each meal, devout Jews performed a short ceremony, washing their hands and arms in a specific way. But this was tradition not required of God's law. So the people of God, the Jews, the, the, the Pharisees are like, now this messed up because we, I know what the law says, but this is how we interpreted the law. This is what you need to do. And it's not that if you break in what Exodus said, if you break in what we said, then you in error. Look at Jesus' response. Thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter number seven, verse number six. He replied, Isaiah was right. When he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In essence, all you are concerned about is the outer appearance of piety, religion, 
but your heart actually being connected to me, you ain't even concerned about that as long as you, no, I'm, 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 I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. As long as you're wearing your long dress all the way to the ankle, we don't even care about your heart. As long as you got your hair in the bun, as long as you ain't wearing no lipstick, no makeup, then you're good. We don't care what your heart looks like. Just act like religion. Verse number nine, and he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses says, honor your father and mother. Now, this is the law Jesus is quoting. Anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. Now he's getting ready to highlight their oral tradition. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother as Corbin, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. This, thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and you do many things like this. Why, why, are you, why are you dealing with this, Pastor McGee? Because around November, God spoke a word to me concerning 2023, and he says, the Pharisees are coming. God spoke that to me. He said, the Pharisees are coming. And so around November, December, I knew what my role was, was to prepare the people for this Pharisee battle that the enemy is getting ready to employ against us. And so, for the past couple of weeks, what I've been doing is due diligence. I've been studying to get a better understanding of what the fight is going to be. So who are the Pharisees? What is their origin? What is their mission? What is it that they're all about? And I was impressed to see that the Pharisees actually started out great. They started out in the right path, but somewhere along the way, they, their hearts got twisted and they began self-righteously. Let me give you this definition of a Pharisee. A Pharisee is self-righteous believers who judge others by their own personal religious standards. It ain't, it ain't even what the Bible says, it's what we say. It ain't really what the Bible says, it's, it's what we do. And so, man, I'm getting ready. My God, today, help me, Holy Ghost. Help, help, help your boy, help your boy. Y'all just say, Lord, help my pastor. <laughs> man, this is so crazy here, Jesus. Um... So, so I, I've been feeling these little fights, these little battles, and, you know, I've just been moving forward. I've been feeling little, little, you know, social media shade and, you know, just little things like that. I've been feeling that, but I've been ignoring it because, really, I'm busy. I don't, I don't like, have time to check out what everybody's doing. I'm, I'm busy. So um, the man of God, Prophet Judah, he called me. He called me a couple of weeks ago. Hey, man of God, how you doing? <laughs> I said, man, I'm fantastic, man. Everything is well, man. He said, God put you in my spirit, man. So I wanted to call and check in on you, see how you're doing. And so I give him this word, and I said, man, I got, um, God spoke to me about a month or so ago, and he told me that the Pharisees are coming. Pharisees are coming. And, and so I'm trying to understand uh, uh, th their role so that I can prepare myself, fortify myself, as well as the saints, because, because they're coming. And he said, you're absolutely right. And there are people fighting you in your city right now. And this, these are their names. <laughs> I just wanted to throw the phone down. I did. <laughs> Jeff, he said, these are their names. Now, this man, other than just coming to my church, he ain't familiar like that with the city. And so he gave me, bam, first names, bam, bam, bam. I'm like, man, I didn't, I didn't want to know that. 
It's like I knew it, but I didn't want to know it because I... So, Poppy really messed me up, old man. Really messed me up. It put me in a bad space past couple of days because I was tempted to do something that I actually despise. Let me tell you what that thing is. I'm in my office and I'm putting together my slideshow and my putting together my scriptures. And as I'm putting my message together, all I could see was these faces. So I knew what I was doing, and I called my buddy. I picked up the phone. I said, my man, I need you to pray for me because I'm, I'm, I'm doing something in my study that I actually hate doing. And what's that? Preaching on folk. Because this entire message was centered around the individuals that he named. I was getting ready to fire some hides up in here, and they ain't even here. You know, not, 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 how many of y'all been preached on before? Come on now. Come on. Yep, yep. You know Ray, I'm talking about you. You know Rev up there talking about you. And what's so disappointing about being preached on is you know it's other folk in the congregation that actually need help and a word from the Lord, and you're going to spend this pregnant time just talking about the one when we could have had this conversation in your office. So I called my friend. I said, Jeff, I love you, my man. I called my buddy. I said, my man, uh, I'm in a bad headspace right now. I really... I really need you to pray for me, my man, because, and I shared with him the, the, the information and the names and all that kind of stuff, and I said, I keep seeing these, these faces as I'm preparing this message, and it's hard for me to shake. Now, I'll be transparent. It's been a very long time since I've done that ignorance, a very long time. God has checked me on it. I just don't do it. If I got an issue with you, real talk, if you ever feel that I'm preaching on you, number one, it's a lie. Number two, come have a conversation with me because I just don't do that. I will take you in the back, fry your behind, and then come out here and preach to the 99. That's just how I roll. So I said, my man, I need you to pray for me because I see these people in my head and, I'm, and, and this whole message is crapped around them. And he said, preach, let's pray right now, man. He prayed, prayed, and prayed, and prayed prayed, and he said, amen. So I just sat there for a minute, and I didn't go back to work studying nothing. I just went for a walk, and as I was walking, ooh, God is just, she said, amazing. Sometimes he's cruel. <laughs> you know what God said to me? He said, this is who you used to be. That was another thing. I didn't want to hear that one. I did not want to hear that. God, bro, Landrum, God said to me, the folk you preaching on, that's actually who you used to be. God had to remind you, boy. Isn't it funny how you forget where you came from? I'm going to put that on y'all, so I'm, I'm trying to share this thing. I'm trying to share it. Isn't it amazing how you forget where you came from? Because, I mean, real talk, real talk, 26 years, somebody asked me, how long you been preaching? I've been preaching since I was 18, I'm 44, uh, it's 26, it's going to be 27 years I've been preaching. About 24, 25 years ago, it, it hit me. It was so crazy, I was thinking about this, and I laughed to myself, then I, I, laughed, I laughed until I started crying, and I said, God, forgive me. 25 years ago, let me tell you about y'all and y'all, Pastor. 
I would have put y'all and y'all pastor in hell 25 years ago. Let me go back and tell you about your little church. First of all, I need to understand why y'all ain't got no Sunday school for them babies. I don't care nothing about your little children's church. I don't care nothing about your little small group. If it ain't called Sunday school, they ain't learning nothing. Secondly, I can't believe y'all, what you say, sanctify itself, didn't have church on Christmas. What you think is your birthday? It ain't your birthday. It's Jesus' birthday. What in the world you mean you ain't having church on Christmas? Third, what's up with your little pastor? Why he can't dress like a man of God and actually wear a suit and tie every Sunday with his little hoodies and his little jerseys? He ain't in the club. He's supposed to be a man of God. And finally, what's up with all you sisters with your little pants on, with your little pants on? Woman ain't got no business wearing no pants and your little makeup too? And why your head ain't covered while you up here singing and, and, and praying and shouting? I'm trying to understand. 25 years ago, I would have put all of us in hell. My God, i never forget I was 18 years old. I was 18 years old. And I remember specifically praying this prayer. I was, in front of, I was in, in front of the commons, and I saw this group of girls walk past me, and I said, God, I ain't going to never find no wife because all these women wearing pants. <laughs> I prayed that prayer, man. I'm serious. Then Lady McGee came with them jeans, rocking them. I'm like, well, maybe ain't nothing wrong with pants. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Pop, that girl made me study the word. <laughs> Ooh. I was a Pharisee. Show you something else. Something else God did. This was this was maybe a month. No, this was a couple of months ago. Ooh, early in ministry, there was this particular individual that came to the ministry, and uh, she had just a bunch going on. She had a bunch going on, and I didn't want to deal with that particular sin at the particular time. I didn't. And I remember, I didn't pray it out loud, but I sure did think it, that God sent her somewhere else because I don't want to deal with that sin. I saw this young lady about three months ago, saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And God reminded me that you sent her away. And what I did in her, I could have did through you and your ministry. But because of your Pharisaic mentality. Let, let me just tell you. Let me, and it's, I mean, God, my whole little message just changed in a moment when God showed me me in the text. Let, let, me, let me just share with you five or six things about a Pharisee. Number one. Um, they ain't praying for you. 
because with my mentality, I'm not praying for you. And if I do pray for you, the prayer is going to go something like this. Lord, make them more like me. Number two, they're not really going to encourage you. They're not going to encourage you uh, because they think that you are wrong. And if anything does happen, it's because you need to change and be more like them. I'm telling you, 25 years ago, remember uh, a couple of Sundays ago when the lights, I mean, just, it was just like blanked out? 25 years ago, I was like, uh-huh, that's God right there. Notice that the lights didn't go out until the preacher got up. Because God ain't satisfied with the preacher. Because he ain't got on a tie. I'm talking about Greg. Number three, a Pharisee will never defend you. And they will be a place of gossip about you. They will entertain and they will never defend you. Number three, they will never help you succeed. Even when they have the resources and the ability to help, they will not. This is crazy. Number five, they will always explain away your success. Even if you do overcome, even if you do have a good moment, even if God does blesses you, it's always an explanation as to why you got blessed other than the favor of God. Because you do know that the devil took Jesus up into the highest mountain and offered him all the treasures in the world, so the devil can bless you too. That was my mentality. Number six, they will glory in your failure. That's who I was. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God for grace. Thank God. Can y'all, can you? So these are the type of people that God is showing me that are coming against me, coming against this church. And by the same token, they're going to fight you too. Let me tell you why a Pharisee fights. Let me tell you why a Pharisee fights. Um, notice that a Pharisee never showed up um, at the birth of Jesus. No Pharisees showed up. They were there. They just didn't show up. When Jesus was in the temple around 11, 12 years old, having a discussion with the guys, uh, Pharisees weren't concerned about him. Weren't concerned about him at all. Let me show you when Pharisees stand up. When you actually start being effective in your ministry, here they come. And let me tell you why this message is relevant for you, because God's going to use you in an amazing way this year. Well, let me go on this side over here. I said God's going to use you in an amazing way this year. Let me try the middle section. God's going to use you in an amazing way this year. All right, I'm going to give you all one more time. Because the Lord going to kind of use y'all a little bit this year. Okay, if you can get excited about the little bit, then you know what God getting ready to do. And so they're going to show up, and this is what God showed me about the Pharisees. Um, they really believe they're better than you and deserve more than you. They, they believe that they're better than you. They believe that they deserve more than you, so they're going to fight you. So I'm seeking for wisdom because I don't, and it was crazy because as a Pharisee, a former Pharisee myself, um, I used intimidation tactics. I did. I dared you to disagree with me on a point of the scripture. I always had my spiritual boxing gloves. And I would intimidate you and make you feel bad 
about what you don't agree with me. So sad. And so I, I, I don't remember someone successfully uh, dealing with me. All I remember is some kind of way, and I can't, I'll, I'll be honest with you, don't, I don't know when I got delivered. I just know that I am delivered. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember like the moment. But with the flashback that God showed me of how I used to be 24, 25 years ago, there's a complete different guy than who I am. Yeah, I do. I do know. I do know. I do know when I got delivered. I know the moment I got delivered from being a Pharisee. When I fell into something that I swore I'd never do, it opened my eyes that I'm not quite as perfect as I thought I was. God, thank you for letting me fall. Because <laughs> had I never been stupid, I'd still be self-righteous thinking that all that I have acquired up until this point has been based upon my goodness and not his. Is any, any y'all, y'all with me? Y'all with me? So, Pastor McGee, give, give me wisdom, man. If, if these are individuals that's coming against me, if they're fighting me, they're, they're, they're throwing stones at me, because in all actuality, what these individuals are doing is that it's not that what you're doing is against the word of God. What you're doing is against their standard. Now, we've, we've had Pharisaic people fight us in the past. I'll give you a perfect example. When, when we had the marriage conference and we, we, we put the dance floor right here on the stage, boy, they came. I, I had several people come to me and said, my pastor has been talking about you for weeks. They changed their whole sermon series. So, I mean, it's, it's already been happening but, but, but in this season, it's going to escalate, and God is going to send more, excuse me, the enemy is going to raise up more people to target us and to fight us. Why? Because his plan is to intimidate us and cower us back into a box. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't fit in the box no more. I just don't. Some of them will do it. Some of it's your family members because they want you back at the family church. And so they will throw all types of stones at our churches and things that we're doing. Just nitpick every little thing to get you back into a place that you don't fit no more. Now, I ain't throwing stones at the church. I ain't saying what they are and what they are not. I just know what God is doing on the inside of us, and I'm just staying focused on that. So, Pastor, my man, give me wisdom, man, how to stand successfully and, 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 and not get in trouble with God. Because you can, I said this a couple of weeks ago, you can fight wrong and get in trouble with God. Because you're choosing wrong fleshly tactics. So the Bible declares, Luke 18 and 9, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. Man, look at this prayer. Here, y'all. This is a trip right here. My man looked to God and said, God, I want to thank you so much that I ain't like all the other folk in this world. God, thank you. Yep. I ain't no robber. I ain't no evildoer. I ain't no adultery. And, and, and look what he says. Look what two men in the temple. 
he specifically said, God, just, just, just imagine, just, just imagine, just imagine. I'm coming down here. I'm coming, coming down here. Check, check. Come on, come on, come on. Just stand here and look this way. God, thank you so much, Lord, that I ain't like everybody else, God. I don't do this and I don't do that. I don't do this and I don't do that. I don't do this and I don't do that. And Lord, by the way, thank you. Hiya. <laughs> that, that's, that's what my man did. He said, thank you that I ain't like this dude right here. And he goes on to boast and to brag. And he says, verse number 12, this is what I do, because I know he don't do this. I fast, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. Man, I'm doing it. I'm living this religious standard, this religious lifestyle. And I know he ain't thank you that I got a mind to do this, because I sure know he don't. That's the Pharisee's prayer. Ooh. Yep. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. Watch this, watch this. Everybody that's wrong ain't all wrong. Everybody right ain't all right. Everybody wrong ain't all wrong. So although he considers himself a sinner, he ain't doing everything wrong. There's some things that he's doing right. He highlights nothing that he's doing right. Because he understands that no good thing that I can do can justify anything that the Lord blesses me with. So he says, wouldn't even look up, stood off at a distance in the back of the crowd, beat his breast. And he says, God, just have, I just need you to have, I just want you to have mercy on me. Because I recognize I ain't got everything together. I recognize I've made some mistakes. I recognize that I'm flawed. I got issues in my life. I'm asking you, Jesus, just to have mercy on me. Look what Jesus says, verse number 14. I tell, anybody getting blessed? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Jesus says, I tell you that this man, the, the, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. And this is Jesus' explanation for all those who exalt them selves will be what, y'all? They're going to be brought low. And those who choose the right road of humility themselves will be what, y'all? So this is what God spoke to me. This is what God spoke to me, and I'm passing this on to you. God, God spoke to me as a defense mechanism. The first step. We're going to deal with several steps, but this is the first step. God speaks to me, and he says, son, take the road of humility. Take the road of humility. People are going to fight. People are going to throw stones. People are going to say things. Some people are going to lie on you. They're going to gossip behind your back. But this is what I need you to do. All I need you to do in this season is just take the road of humility. Minister that, if you would, to your neighbor and just tell them, take the road of humility. Okay? So, I want to, I want to, because some of y'all fighters for real. Some of y'all are. I know that you smile when I said some of y'all are fighters for real. You were like, Lord Jesus, you know I will cut them. I cut them, God. God said, don't cut them in this season. Do me a favor. Tell her, take the road of humility. She's she, she like, I already been telling her. I've been telling her, Pastor. 
Y'all help me out. All my fighters, just wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. Yep. And I ain't mad that you'll fight, fight, because I, I, I need Peters every once in a while. I'd be like, go cut him. Just, just cut, cut, cut my dude, cut him. So I want to make this real practical, what God is saying. If you're taking notes, and I need everybody taking notes. I need everybody taking notes. If you want to put this in your phone, put it in your phone. You got a pad, write it down. I really need you to take, because this is like, this ain't Greg, real talk, Jeff, Wendy. Like, this ain't Greg just talking. God gave this to me, number one, for myself. So if this word ain't for nobody, that's why I keep asking, is anybody getting anything? Because in all actuality, God preached this to me. Adam, like, this is for me. And because I know that, watch this, watch this. When the blessings come, when the blessings come, when the blessings come, they hit the head, they run to the beard, down to the skirts of the garment. Watch this. When the fight comes, <laughs> when the fight comes, when the fight comes, it hits the head, runs down to the beard, skirts of the garment. So if God is telling me and challenging me the Pharisees are coming, they ain't just coming after me but they're coming after you. Why are they coming after me? Because what God has promised me that he's getting ready to do in my life. And I'm telling you, because I, I'm telling you, there's some great things that God's getting ready to do on the inside of you and through you. And it's going to cause Pharisees to rise up against you. So what do you do? Everybody shout, take the road of humility. Now let's make this very practical, what humility actually looks like. And I need you to jot this down. Here is number one. Examine what might be true and change it. Because your enemy, everything your enemy say ain't a lie. Everything they said about you, it wasn't just the devil. In most cases, your critics are neither all right nor all wrong. And there are times, come on somebody, thank you Jesus. Uh, 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 Peter would, would never take Jesus to the cross. James would never take Jesus to the cross. Jude, uh, John would never take Jesus to the cross. He needed Judas there because Judas was the only one that actually take him to fulfill his destiny. And there are times, <laughs> sad, but there are times my enemies have been more transparent with me than those who say they love me. Show quiet up in here. So number one, what do you need to do, number one? What's number one? Examine what might be true. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, and change it. Hold on. I heard somebody say, I'm going to work on it. I ain't say work on it. I said change it because change starts here. It's a decision and once you make the decision, then you start practically working on it. If I, if I make a decision to be a better husband, it first starts here. And then once I make the decision, I mean, it's like this. It's this how the mind works. How many of you guys know what it's like to, you got a car, and, you know, for whatever reason you want a new car, and you actually go test drive a new car, and after test driving that new car, you start seeing it everywhere on the road. How many ever been there? You know what's happening? Your brain, your mind is communicating to you that this type of car is important. Although you hadn't bought it yet, but this type of car is important to you. So what your mind does is it starts helping you to recognize the stuff that's important to you. 
So when you make the decision that I am going to change, then your mind by default start recognizing opportunities, how that you can play out this change. And then the Spirit of God comes along after your mind has helped you to recognize it and enforces your will that enables you to make the change. So you can't be like, well, I'm just, I'm going to try to work on it. No, 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 no. Either you're going to make the decision today or you're not. I feel like a coach today. DJ, give me my theme music. Need a new DJ. Here's number two. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all writing? Here's number two. Stop giving them fuel to fight with. I need you. God says, take the road of humility. Number two, stop giving them fuel to fight with. This is what that means. Number one, watch what you say and how you say it. Two, stop talking to people who leak information. And some of you all are doing that. You know that they're going to take this back to them. So you trying to, j- you saying certain things on purpose so we could get back to, man, if you need to talk to them, man up and woman up, and you just go talk to them and stop telling them. Because here, this will really happen. Although you know you're going to take, they're going to take this back to them, I promise you it will not be taken back in the way you put it out. They're going to add their seasoning, their salt, and their pepper, and it's going to be totally different when that person actually hears it. Here's number three. Texting is not the best option because tone can be read into. So I don't, like when I'm dealing with something, I'm not texting you. I'm not texting you. I'm not, I'm not texting you. You can give me this long explanation. I had somebody do that the other day. They gave me this long explanation of, of what they did and why they did. And, and I had this, I already knew what I wanted to say, but I'm not texting it because if I text it, you're going to read a, into a tone that's not there. And so with this type of situation, I need you to hear my voice inflections. I need you to see my facial expression. As a matter of fact, Just stop doing that period with folk that you say you love. You and your spouse, you and your kids having a situation and and, and you want to try to text back and forth. And you trying to be sincere and be humble and they think, oh, you you throwing stones. I I see why you brought that up. Don't do that. Don't do that. From time to time, I have my kids, if they're having a challenge, you know, talking to me about something, I'll tell them to put it in a letter. Put it in a letter. I'll read the letter, and after I read the letter, then we'll set up a time where we can actually talk. Because sometimes, for whatever reason, it's difficult to get everything out by words with us just sitting here talking. So write everything down that's on your heart, and then we'll sit down and we'll discuss that. If we get to another hard spot and, and it's hard to talk, ain't no problem. Let's take a day or two, write me another letter, give me all the details, what's going on, and then we'll sit down. But going back and forth with text, somebody shout, that's not the best option. Here's number three. Thank you, Jesus. Choose your battles with wisdom. Choose your battles with wisdom. This is what I've decided concerning these individuals. I've decided not to fight. Now, now let, me, let me back up. Because there are situations that do require me to confront. There are situations that do call me 
that calls me to call in all the naysayers and everything that's connected with them, and let's, we're going to war this thing out because this got to stop now. But what God told, what he told me to do, don't fight at all with this battle. This is why. You only have so much time, energy, and resources. And in this particular season in my life, fighting that will take time away from y'all. Fighting that will take time away from my family. Fighting that will take time from other responsibilities that God has called me to right now. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, choose your battles wisely. There's no need to respond to everything that somebody says. So say, some of y'all like firemen. Every time a fire, you just run to the next fire, 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 and you're going to look up 20 years from now, and nothing that God has called you to do will be accomplished. Because you spent your whole life putting out fires. When the reality is some stuff need to be burnt to the ground. <laughs> Y'all tripping. Somebody said ashes. <laughs> Here we go. Number four. Y'all ready? Number four. If you do choose to fight, just don't fight in your flesh. Choose not to fight in your flesh. Choose not to fight in your flesh. What does that mean? Here it goes. Number one, stop throwing social media shade. Um, now, if that's one thing that disgusts me, is when I see somebody put this post, you know, on the wallpaper of hearts and smiley faces, and the whole post I know is about one person. Go have a conversation. Go talk with them. Don't throw shade on Facebook. And here's the most important one. Uh, stop bringing up their past mistakes, too. Don't do that. Don't bring up their past. If you got an issue, deal with the present issue. Deal with what's going on right now. Deal with the problem at hand. Because you're trying to drag, uh, open up the closet and, and pull out all of these skeletons will never fix what's going on right now. Well, pastor, how can we fix this if we don't fix that? Well, how about you fix this first, and then let's move on to the next thing. Am I making sense in this place? Here's number five, and I'm done. Choose to forgive from the start. Choose to forgive from the start. Choose to forgive from the start. I'm done. So that day... That day, the prophet came to me, and he prophesied, man of God, y'all, you got Pharisees in your cities, you got, you got several individuals fighting you, these are the names, bam, 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 and what's crazy, not even two days later, I had another person call and said that God showed her in a dream that these are individuals that are fighting you gave me, and the names lined up, and I'm, I'm blown away, I'm blown away. So after the second person, this is what I did, man, I went into my prayer closet, and I started praying for them. Start praying for him. Start praying for him. Number one, I realized for you to feel the way that you feel, it can't just be you. It's got to be the enemy troubling you. 
for you to see me as an enemy. And I've never intentionally fought you. That has to be the devil. So I didn't just pray for them. I went into spiritual warfare on their behalf, casting down every principality and power, speaking against the deceptive lies of the enemy. Watch this. It's not a matter of, it, it ain't even a matter of me wanting to befriend them or me wanting to be in fellowship or relationship. If that happens, great. If it don't happen, I'm still good because I'm, I like got my own assignment and I'm busy. But I hate to know that the enemy has got one of my brothers and sisters bound. Because at the end of the day, my man, whether we on one accord or not, you still my brother. Whether we see eye to eye or not, you still my sister. You are a child of God. God loves you, and he don't love you more than me, and he don't love me more than we are his kids. And you want to know what breaks this father's house, this father's heart, is when I see my babies fighting each other. So, God, I'm going to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. You got one of your children throwing stones at another one of your child. I'm not going to get in that battle, Father. I'm not going to get in that war. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray because, because not, only, not, only does, not only does it break God's heart when he sees two of his kids fighting each other, it also breaks his heart when he sees something on him, them that don't have to be there. So God looks down from heaven and he sees a daughter that's oppressed. He sees a son that's oppressed. It don't even matter if, if I'm looking from heaven's perspective. Come, come. If I'm looking from heaven's perspective, it doesn't matter the object of the oppression. What are you saying? It doesn't matter that what the enemy is doing in them is targeted towards me or not. What does matter from heaven's perspective is they got something on them that don't have to be there. And that thing that's on them that don't have to be there is hindering their own ministry, is hindering their own progression. And Satan, I command you to back up from them now. I speak against the principalities and the powers that are blinding them now. I see you, devil. I see you. I see you. I see the enemies and the imps that you have assigned to them to speak in their ear, to turn their hearts towards, uh, 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 to turn their hearts inward against what you desire to do in their lives. I curse you. Ooh, ooh. You know what I just saw? Come here, Chad. Come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here, come here. This is what I just saw in the spirit. Lift your hands up. This is what I just saw in the spirit. This is what I saw in the spirit. I saw Aaron and her keeping them down. So you can't do your job to intercede. So you can't do your job to reach the people that God wants you. Because the ones that are supposed to be lifting up your hand, I rebuke you, you foul spirit. I rebuke you now. You get back to the pits of hell and let my sister go and you let my brother go. Let me tell you my heart. I don't care what church in this community, what's their denominational, what's their little precepts and all that other kind of stuff. If they love Jesus, they're our brother and they're our sister. I don't care if they fight us. We will never fight them. I don't care if they talk about us. We ain't never talking about them. That's my brother. That's my sister. And that's the way we rolling.
that's the way we rolling. It's just the way we rolling. So this this little this little uh, 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 step path to humility. This is not um what is it called passive aggressiveness. That we ain't doing that. That's the game. We ain't playing that game. Passive aggressiveness. No, the reality is, it's some folk. The only reason they really fighting us, and there's some folk in your life. The only really reason they really fighting you is because they bound. They got an enemy fighting their mind. That's why the scripture teaches us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What do you mean flesh and blood? People. We don't fight against people, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's our real fight. But the devil wants you to fight that man. He wants you to fight that woman. Even worse, some of you all, the enemy wants you to fight your spouse. Wants you to fight your kids. Wants you to fight your natural sister, your brother. Wants you to fight your mama. Wants you to fight your daddy. I ain't fighting. I ain't fighting. God told me this season, just don't fight. I ain't fighting. My gloves are off. You throw stones, you can... I'm, I'm just turning up the cheek because I know what's on you. That's of the enemy. So as soon as I heard it, I, I, I turned it away and I started praying for these individuals. Man, really praying for them. God touched their hearts. God opened their eyes. God let them see. And this is the road of humility that we all got to travel. Every last one of us. I'm telling you, I already know. Already know, already know, already know. Pharisees are coming. Pharisees are coming. They're coming. They're coming. Take the road of humility. If you take the road of humility, this is what happens. There's an active as well as a passive bird that we just read. If you exalt yourself actively, then passively God gonna humble you. But if you choose to actively humble yourself, you make the choice to take the road of humility, then God's going to continue to exalt you. So all the lies that's being spread about you and all the things that people are trying to say and, 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 and their influence of trying to turn people's heart against you, I'm telling you, God says it's just not going to work if you choose to stay humble. The very ones that's talking down on you, in front of their faces, I'm going to prepare a table. I'm going to prepare a table in the presence of your enemy and who God takes up, who God exalts. Watch this. Can't nobody take down. Can't nobody demote them. Can't nobody fire them. Not if God gives them the job. So this is what I want to do. We, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for our enemies. We're going to pray for our Pharisees and we're going to do that. But before we do that, this is, this is what I need to do. Thank you, God. I want to give you the opportunity to rebuke the Pharisee in you. I love you, but I know you in this congregation. What, 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 what do you mean? What do you, what, what, what do you mean, Pharisee in me? I mean, you, you, you believe in the Bible, you believe in the Word of God, but you also have these extra biblical standards that you have equated to the Word of God, and because certain people have not met that standard, you have deemed them that favor cannot rest upon them, that they cannot progress, that they cannot be all that God desires them to be, not just because of the word, but these little silly things that. Hmm. 
my, my, my son-in-law, he came to me. My son-in-law came to me uh, months ago and asked me for the hand of, of, of my beautiful daughter and asked to marry her. And absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. He got my blessing. He got my blessing. I went off on him too. I did. I went off on him. I went off on him. Why you do that? Because that's what a father's supposed to do. Like you heard her, dude. I told her, I ain't going to tell y'all everything I said. I ain't going to tell you everything I said. <laughs> yeah, I was serious though. I said, my man, you mess up with my daughter, you will not see Pastor McGee. You're going to see Greg from Nagapur. <laughs> and then I said some extra biblical stuff. <laughs> I honor the fact that he came and, and he asked me for my daughter's hand in marriage. Let me show you a Pharisee. He chooses not to come and ask me and he just marries her. Would I like it? No, absolutely not. But can I curse him because he didn't do what I expected him to do? I can't do that. And that's what some of y'all are doing. You're cursing folk because they ain't meeting the standard that you want. I mean, real talk, where does it say? Is, is it an honorable thing? Absolutely. Do I highly encourage? Yes. Does it minimize confusion? Yes. But real talk, like, where does it actually say in the Bible, you better go, you better go talk to her daddy first? Like, it, it just don't say that. So if he chose not to do that, I can't curse him just because he didn't meet my standard of righteousness. Some of y'all doing that right now. It's folk in your life. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I ain't miss. I know what I'm hearing. Some of y'all are cursing people. You actually praying against them. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I heard that I ain't praying against them, but you ain't praying for them rightly. You are not praying for them rightly. You're not praying for their success. You're not praying for them to triumph. Your little prayers only include, God, make them fix that thing in all actuality that's in disarray with what my standard is. Aight? So, if you got that little Pharisee mentality in you, heads bowed and eyes closed all over this building. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Lift your right hand. I want to see who you are. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, stand on your feet. I want to see you. On your feet. On your feet. On your feet. On your feet. God is so wonderful. God is so wonderful. Y'all look at me for a second. I love you. I love you. This is a good, we're in a good place. Let me tell you why the devil is so mad. Tell you why the devil is so mad. It's because the Pharisees were Jesus' greatest fight. They were the largest and the most politically influential of all the other groups within Judaism at that particular time. Because they were his greatest fight, had they actually been convinced that he was the Messiah, they could have been his greatest help. So this is why the devil is mad, because he's looking at people that he used to could use 
to discourage, intimidate, shame other people. Because you do know that shaming is a technique that drives people away from you and not draw them to you, right? And if they're driven away from you, usually that means they're driven away from God and the things of God as well. So these are people that he used to be able to use that he ain't going to be able to use no more. I wonder if those around them can just clap and just thank God for that. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, repeat after me. Say, Father, please forgive me for my attitude, for my self-righteous attitude and this standard that I've put on other people that you don't even require of them. Say, God, please forgive me now. And say, Lord, cleanse my heart of all these self-righteous tendencies. Do it now. Father, now in Jesus' name, God, these men and these women have stood because they realized, God, that they've been in the wrong. They thought they were right. Even as I did, God, I thought I was right. I did. I did. I did think I was right. And I actually thought you were using me, God, but you were not. You were actually very displeased at these intimidation tactics I was using to further hurt people that you, you shed blood for. And God, you forgave me of that. And because you forgave me, I believe that you're able to forgive them now. They have confessed their sins. And God, I ask you, Lord God, to not just forgive them, but rebuke the hand of the enemy that would cause them to be judgmental. Rebuke the principality. Rebuke that demon, God. Rebuke that devil that would mess with their hearts to cause them to even feel that I'm better or more than somebody else because I do this or because I don't. The devil, it, it, it touches all of us from time to time. God, help us to shake this Pharisaic mentality off of us, Lord God, so we can be like the little tax collector who leaves justified because we realize that no matter how many good things that we strive to do, none of them are the cause alone of your goodness and grace in our lives. So thank you that they are forgiven. Thank you today that they are freed. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, put those hands together. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. You can have a seat. Thank you, Jesus. Here's secondly, I want to pray for these individuals. You're in this place, and you find yourself in the fight with someone with a Pharisaic mentality. Like there are people in your circle, some you know of, and then some of them are just throwing stones because they, they, they got this thing. You, they don't like the way you do this. They, don't like the, they ain't liking the way you raise your kids. So in essence, they cursing your kids. Your kids ain't gonna never be this because you don't do this and you don't do that. They cursing, they cursing your, your job and your employment because you didn't, you didn't finish this degree and you didn't, you didn't go to that school like I told you and you didn't, and, and you at this church and you need, I told you you need to start going to this and you need to start doing this and, and it's, it's, it's wearing on you. You're becoming weary doing well. And there's a great temptation to succumb to this pressure and start people pleasing. And you start doing things that you really don't want to do and that ain't even necessary to do, but you're tired of just hearing them fuss about certain things. So there's this temptation for you to succumb to it. If that's you, stand on your feet right now. Come on. Up, 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 up. Thank you, God.
There's more. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Listen to me. The devil is absolutely a liar. That is what he is. He is a liar. Let me tell you what the devil is trying to do. He's using power and influence in your life to control you on minute things. And if he can win this minute battle, he's setting you up for a greater level of disobedience. Say that again. The power play that he's using right now is concerning minute decisions of things you need. Girl, you need to start. Man, I wouldn't do that, man. You just, and, and, and it's a power play to suppress you from really launching out and doing what you could do and what you want to do for God. And these little small in just a moment the enemy is going to try to set you up for a greater level of disobedience. When you look back and you try to question their judgment, they're going to point at things. Girl, didn't I tell you this and didn't I tell you that? And look how this didn't happen and look how that didn't happen and look how this happened. And now it's a major decision that you got to make. And they're trying to use that same pressure. They're going to try to use that same pressure. But manipulation is a spirit. And I'm getting ready to break it now in Jesus' name. It's a spirit of manipulation. It's a spirit of control. And I'm breaking it over your life right now in the name of Jesus. You have to choose not to succumb to it, though. You have to choose not to succumb to it. You have to make up your mind what God's will is for your life. I, I, I thank God for the, listen, listen, I thank God for the prophetic voices in my life. I really do. Even before Prophet Judah, uh, Prophet Greer, before he passed, he would do crazy stuff. We'd, we'd walk into church, and he'd prophesy to pews. He'd say, Pastor, who sits right here? And I'll, I'll tell him, he says, that her name is this. She's going through this. He's going through that. We'll go outside in the parking lot, and, and he'll point at parking spaces, and he'll say, this person that parks right here, and, and I, I'll never forget this, what he called out. And he, he just read this entire mail of this individual that parks right here. And I couldn't remember. And I said, baby, who parks right here? I didn't even tell her what the man of God said. I said, who parks like this right here? And she told me who parks there. And I'm like, my God. Prophet Judah, the same way. He calls me and he calls our names. But watch this. Watch this. I honor the prophetic. I honor the prophetic. But I can't afford to base my livelihood on the prophetic. What are you trying to say, Pastor McGee? Thank you for the word, but at the end of the day, either what you're saying is confirmation, or after I hear what you're saying, I yet got to go back into my prayer closet because I, watch this, they, 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 the, the, the sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. So I have to hear God for myself. If I choose not to go that route and everything that I do is based on a prophetic word, I'm setting myself up for spiritual manipulation. I'm setting myself up for the words of a false prophet, and I'm not going to do that. So I took what he said, and it lined up already with what I was hearing. And then when I took it deeper into prayer, God showed me even more clearly what was going on. So even myself, I have to be aware of that manipulation. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Father, now in Jesus' name, thank you for these, your daughters and your sons, God, that are confessing 
God, that I, I, got some, I got some Pharisee pressure around me right now. I got that pressure around me right now. People that are in my ear and that, that, that are challenging me to succumb, to submit to certain things in certain ways. And God, I'm just not, I'm uneasy in my spirit, God, but I so respect them. I so honor them. I don't, and I know if I don't make this decision, I might lose the relationship. But God, I'd rather be in disharmony with them as long as I'm on one accord with you, Father. And so now in the name of Jesus, I cancel the spirit of manipulation. I cancel now that controlling spirit. And I drive you back now to darkness in the name of Jesus. Loose that woman and let her go now. Loose that man and let him go now. Woman, thou art loose in the spirit realm now. In the name of Jesus, every principality now be broken in the name of Jesus. Every dark power now be broken in the name of Jesus and Holy Ghost of God. Feel, 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 feel their hearts now. Holy Ghost of God, minister to their spirits now. Minister to their hearts now in the name of Jesus. God, feel my brother now. God, feel my sister now, God. Speak to their hearts, God. Speak to their souls, God. Now in the name of Jesus. Yay! Hey, in the name of Jesus, 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 I see you, I see you, but I cast it down now in the name of Jesus. This cloud of darkness will not harm you anymore. I see this threat. I see this threat. But the devil is absolutely a liar. It is a lie. It is a lie. And I cast it down from your mind now. Yay!
All my needs are met. You gonna say it? Say it again. All my needs are met. Say it again. All my needs are met. This year, let me tell you something. I just walked past you. I felt something. I asked God, what was that? Resources are flooding around you. Flooding around you. I don't know nothing about nothing. Your finances, your dreams, your desires. I know nothing about them. I only know what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing the Spirit of God. And I'm seeing the word resources. Resources that is being flooded around you. Thank you, Jesus. Now watch this. Yep. I see the naysayers around you as well. Intimidating voices. Trying to make you feel that this ain't just present stuff. This is past stuff. This is like, like you would be further off right now had you. That making sense? That's it. I, I thought it was present. It ain't present. It's past. It's like, if you would have did this, been that, whatever, allowed me, then know where you are right now is exactly what God wants you to be. Let me tell you why. Thank you, God. This is what I'm hearing in my spirit. God says, I needed to hide you. I needed to hide you. Just like he hid Jesus because there were threatening attacks around Jesus to, to kill him as a kid. 
God says, I had to hide you for a season because there were people around you that you did not know and would not suspect that would try to bring harm because of what I placed on the inside of you. But in this season of your life, God is getting ready to raise you up, woman of God. Do you hear me? God is getting ready to raise you up. The message that I ministered today, those five steps of humility, did you write that down? I need you to rehearse that because you're going to need this. Because as God begins to elevate you, I'm talking about in this season, the same ones that felt as though that you couldn't, you should have been somewhere else had you connected with them, they're going to be the same voices that try to explain away the success that God has given me to bring in your life. So these five steps of humility, you're going to need them in this season of your life. You're going, to need to, you're going to need to practically walk them out so that you can continue to stay in a safe place. Does that make sense? So Father, now in Jesus' name, this woman of God, thank you, Lord, for this greatness upon her life. But there's also great attack around her life. And God, as she chooses the path of humility in this season of her life, God, thank you that you're going to continue to exalt her. And not only are you going to continue to exalt her, God, you personally are going to deal with the Pharisees, God, these, these religious self-righteous. And God, bless them. God, bless them. Because their eyes simply needs to be open. But at this particular point in their lives, what could be a blessing desires to tear her down. But they are a liar. They will not prevail. Neither will the adversary himself. In Jesus' name, receive it, receive it. Come on and put those hands together all over this building. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody shout, I love you, Jesus. Somebody shout, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I wonder, can you stand on your feet and just begin to worship the Lord all over this building? Come on, come on. I wonder if you can just lift your hands and, and begin to lift your voice. God, we thank you. God, we glorify you. God, we bless you on today. Hey, hey, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Such a wonderful God. Such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. Yeah. Such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. Thank you. Uh, such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. Sister Nikki, Brother TJ, when I looked at him, I saw prophet. I saw prophet. I saw prophet. I saw prophet. And this is a word for you too, and not just you too. It's actually for all of us. It's for you, but it's actually for all of us. Um, at this point in my life, um, I, I, I just made, I made a major decision. I made a major decision this morning. And I've had this ambiguity in my heart for the past couple of days because of certain things that I needed to do. And I made a major decision this morning and the decision was based on two things. Number one, how would this affect my children? 
Number two, how would this affect my church? We're not talking about a moral. We're not talking about a sin thing. We're just talking about a decision of direction. I didn't feel that it would, it would lead my children where I wanted them to be. I, I didn't feel that the church would, it would take us to where we needed to be. And so all of my decisions are largely based on the fact that when I leave this earth, will this decision leave my babies better? The next generation, will it, will it leave this church better? And you two guys, that's the type of mentality that you got to walk with. You got three babies, got three babies, four, excuse me, four. And the decision that you make largely impacts their lives. I saw a, a man of God, very peculiar. <laughs> man, you know I love you, right? He like one of them Old Testament prophets. You know I love him. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. You just, you just think different, and there's nothing wrong with the way you think. You, you just, it's, you're just different, and nothing wrong with that. Sometimes people will pick at you because the way you see things. And I ain't talking about bullying or nothing like that, because this, hey, this joker right here is small, but he can fight. I ain't finna mess with him. I will be your friend. But sometimes people are just kind of, because the way you see and the way you process things, but, but I need you to hear me. God made your mind that way. God made your mind that way because as a prophet of the Lord, there's a certain way that you have to perceive. There's a certain perspective that you have to have. It's like a being that, that fits your ministry. So what I need you to do, thank you, Jesus, because it's going to affect you. How, how old are you now, son? 12 years old. Exactly. Especially in this time frame right now, what the temptation is going to be is to conform your way of seeing things. And you can't afford to do that because the way God has bent your mind is in a path of that of a prophet, which sometimes can seem strange. You know why? Because the things of God are often strange in the heads of humanity. So don't conform continue to develop your pattern of thinking. Continue to develop your pattern of thought and it's going to become stronger and stronger and the things that you are seeing that are so different, you're going to actually see how much it is in alignment with God's will. God's going to use you in a mighty way, man of God. God's going to use you in a crazy way. Crazy way. Crazy. Parents, we have a reason like never before, like never before, because listen, our children, they're not the next generation, they're actually this generation. What are you trying to say, Pastor? <laughs> Thank you, God. Let me say it plainly. He will not wait until he 23, 33, 43 to prophesy. It's actually happening in him right now. So you mean to tell me somebody that has something active in them right now, they got to wait until they old to activate in it? The devil is absolutely a liar. How about we choose to cultivate that and develop it right now? Can somebody say amen to that? So Father, we thank you once again, God, for everything that has transpired on today. We thank you for the warnings that you have given us concerning those outside and Lord, even the warnings of what the enemy would try to do in our own hearts. 
God, we have repented of that Pharisee mentality. And we have also asked for your strength, wisdom, and guidance as we navigate, God, through these waters of, of, of alligators and crocodiles. God, thank you that you're going to keep us in the ark of safety and take us safely to our destination. We give your name the praise, honor, and all the glory. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. Come on and put those hands together. Give our God a hand clap of praise. 